Well, God is so good. I, I heard Ron start out the service by O-H. J-E. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, was, I was at our uh, Headships Church last night, and uh, Pastor Tim was preaching, and he said, Yeah, come on, everybody, let's get in here and let's be real spiritual. The game starts at 730. I never made it to the game, and as a matter of fact, he didn't either. I don't think. I mean, the service went on a little bit, but it's fine. Had a good time. God is so good. Yes, all the time, all the time. God is good. It's talking. Uh, heard of a couple that, uh, yeah, they were, you know, and, and the the wife was just really upset because they were heading somewhere. How many men have ever been in the car? We don't like to ask for directions. And she was really upset. She's like, you, we're in a terrible neighborhood, and you have a terrible sense of direction. You stink at it. Your direction is terrible. So he was telling me, he said, so I got mad and got all this stuff, and he right. Because the word would have been left. Direction, he right. Okay, well. I read it, and I, I had to read it twice. and thought, well, that's kind of cute. Maybe they'll get it. Guess not. All good. All good. Well, we've been, uh, we've been talking about holding God back, about putting the lid on him and just kind of keeping him in the spot that we like and, you know, where we're comfortable. And we want to welcome you here. And those that are online, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We've covered so much material. We've talked about sovereignty. We've talked about authority. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I had to kind of come clean and say, I've limited God with my small thinking. I really have. I believe that, uh, you know, we should be larger than we are, not because of numbers, but because my small thinking as a, as a lead pastor. And, uh, you know, just, I wish I, you know, I'd love to go back and change some things. Anybody ever go back in your life and go, I'd like to change that. So, uh, you know, I've asked God just to help me to take the lid off a little bit. And quit holding him back. We talked about, and I just want to review a second, about the sovereignty of God. Because in church, we've been taught one way. And so, again, small thinking. So I'm just telling you things that, you know, this is the way we've always done it. We've always done it this way. Or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Something new. Um, as long as it doesn't go out of Scripture, you know, if it's in the Word or it lines up with the Word, sometimes we still won't accept it because we're not used to it. So we talk about sovereignty of God, and the church is taught one way. And I do believe God is sovereign. I do. But not the way the church is taught. Not the way that we've brought up in church, that he is in control of everything. He is first, the definition of that, he is first in rank and authority. Nobody controls God. I get that. But he doesn't control everything. He could, but he didn't set it up that way. He set it up so that you and I have a free will. Turn to your neighbor and say free will. You have the ability to choose. There's a big election coming up. There's issues that are out there, and they are throwing them in front of you all the time. You can't go anywhere without either seeing a sign in the yard, which is okay, or seeing it on TV or whatever. You, you have the will to choose. If you believe that God is sovereign, you might as well not do anything because it'll just happen. Whatever happens, happens. That's not right. By the way, if you want to follow the Bible, vote no, just so you know. 
abortion is killing. Say no. So, anyways, um, the church is taught that he's in control of everything. He set it up so you could choose. His will doesn't automatically happen. Just because we want it, to, it, it doesn't automatically happen. You have a part to play in the will of God for your life. You have to choose to pursue the things of God. You must make the choice. Joshua said, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wrong teaching that we've talked about where it's just, well, God's in control of everything. Que sera, sera. What will be, what will be, whatever will be, will be. I don't have to do anything. Everything happens for a reason. It doesn't matter. There's no accountability in that, my friends. It is passive. And so it makes us just sit back. We have nothing to do but just allow things to happen. The Bible doesn't teach that. James 4, 7 says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. If you believe that God controls anything, there shouldn't be anything to resist. Really, is there? There's nothing to do that. The devil couldn't do anything, after all, if you believe that, that God didn't allow. And if you believe it's God's will, you should never take medicine. If you don't think that he wants you well, then don't ever take medicine. Don't go to a hospital. Don't go to a doctor because, after all, he made you sick. See how silly that is? It is not God's will. It's God's will that you be well. It's God's will that you walk in divine health. Just because, well, it's flu season, everybody better get the shot or you're all going to get the flu. Not in my house. Amen. Psalm 78, 41, we talked about that. Again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. I don't want to limit God. Not in my house, not in my life, not in your life, not in the life of TLC. I don't want to limit him. God can make the difference. But see, as the pastors, we have to allow God to make that difference. We have to submit to him. We have to walk with him. We have to let him lead us. We have to hear his voice. We have to have fellowship with him. We must be guided by his spirit. We must submit to him. Can I get an amen? God does not force himself upon us. We have to cooperate and agree with his word. A lot of us ask for changes. Sometimes we beg for them, literally. We ask for things he's already done. The other day, I mean, just, I mean it's easy to do without even thinking. <laughs> PK and I were talking. PK is Pastor Kim, so if you wonder what PK is, and they always call me PB for Pastor Brett. So now that everybody goes by initials, you know what we're talking about. I guess. So anyway, we were talking and she, you know, she said, remember, and we both have done this and you probably done it before. She said, just we're believing God for favor. And my response was, which I very rarely get to say anything. Usually she's telling me what I didn't say right, <laughs> which is a full time job. So I'm very thankful because bless God, she sticks right there with me. I said, I don't have to ask for favor. I already have it. And she immediately said, she goes, you're right. You don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about anything. I don't have to ask for something I already have. I don't have to ask for faith. He already gave me a measure. Not just a measure. He gave me, the Bible says, the measure. 
I don't have to ask for something I already have. I have the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ resides in me. I don't have to ask for healing. I have healing. I have to receive what I've already got. I have to receive it. I just have to go, okay, if I've got it, I'm going to have to receive it. Because if I'm just begging for something I already have and I want to be well and I'm sick, I'm not going to get well. Because I don't believe I already have it. He can't give me something he's already given me. we got to change our thinking. We have to put our hands to what he wants to do. I'm tired of surviving. I don't know about you. I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to live just from crisis to crisis or just from meal to meal. Kim and I have fed people before when we've been in ministry. And there's people that just didn't eat much because they came from the streets. And there was a young man, his name was Eddie, and we had a student. By the way, student ministry is about to fire up, so you students get ready. So things are about to happen. You need to go uh, to, uh, I'm just jumping off this real quick, go to Faith Life Church, click on the link or see um, Caitlin. Caitlin's right here. See Caitlin. And uh, the students are going to, if you can get there, the tickets are free. Don't cost you anything, but you need a ticket. Because if you go there and you don't have a ticket and they have seats, you can sit there, but they're going to give it to ticket holders first. And when it's full, it's full. They already sold out uh, Halloween night or whatever. So it's already, you can't get there that night. So November 3rd, Faith Life Church, uh, what's it called? Fire and Ice. And uh, actually my son is in it, but um, we're going we're gonna to be there. PK and I are going to be there. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's if, you're, if your child is younger than uh, you know, 11, 12, 13, you, you might want to talk to them a little bit because it is a little graphic. It, it, they're actually going for, for kids that are just, they, they're going for anybody that wants to get saved. But they've made, you know, it's, a, it's an allegory, it's a story, it's, it's a great, we've seen it, they've just amped it up. Anyway, what was I saying before? <laughs> Somebody help me. Okay, I didn't understand what you said, but I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay, well, what, what happened with Eddie? That's what I was saying. Eddie came, and, and we, I was starting youth ministry in my first uh, staff position. And so I bought a bunch of pizza, because pizza, like, feeds the multitudes. Everybody, all students, well, most everybody loves pizza, you know, most everybody. And so Eddie... He was so afraid that he, he would just guard this pizza. And have you ever seen those pictures of like the little kids from like Nigeria or something with the swollen bellies? And he shoved pizza in his mouth. I don't even know how he chewed it. He was shoving it in his mouth and he had this whole pizza. And I'm like, Eddie, but he didn't know me. I said, Eddie, it's okay. There's more. He didn't believe me because he had went days without eating. And he thought he was going to go days again. So he's like, I'm getting it while I can. And so I brought a whole nother pizza over to him. And I set it on the table and slid it to him and said, that's yours. He looked at me like, you are Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm working on that because I don't want to keep looking like Santa Claus. So <laughs> I don't have a beard. I have the white hair. But I'm, as I talk, I'm getting leaner. How's that? Metabolism is burning fat off my body. 
But Eddie was just, what, I, what, what I'm trying to tell you is, he hadn't been there. And so to have that was like his mindset wouldn't go there. Where's your mindset been? Have you, are you so used to, well, you know, this is, this is what we do. This is how we survive. What if God would give you a new mindset? I love Romans 12 too, because if you read it, it'll also say that God will help change the way you think. I like that. I need some help. But I have to put my hand to the task before us. 1926 of Matthew, Jesus looked at them and said, with men this is impossible, with God all things are possible. Let me tell you, my friends, and you know this, there is no limit on God. God, he is limitless in what he can do. We've heard that saying, you need to let go and you need to let God. He can bless you when you don't even know it's coming. I'm telling you, he, he's got you on his mind. He loves you more than you could ever love anybody else. It was a quarter to four yesterday. Quarter to four, and I'm, I'm out in the barn with my dog. About to go out in the woods again. And, I mean, I'm loving that. And I feel the Lord tell me, he said, you need to go to Faith Life Church tonight. I'm like, I got to leave by like 410. Because it's about an hour and 10 minutes. And I, I don't like being late to anything. If you know me, you know that. Don't want to be late. So I'd rather be 30 minutes or so early and be there and be like, yeah. So I'm like, I go in the house, tell Kim, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to go to Faith Life tonight. She's like, okay. So I get ready real quick, take off to Faith Life. Make a long story short, I'm there. I'm enjoying myself. Pastor's not even preaching. Pastor Tim is preaching, and so I'm okay. I mean, it's good with that. I love Tim. He's, he's ministered here before. Uh, we've known each other for 20 years or so. So great friends and i have a lot of friends there that's our headship church you know and saturday nights the service is at six if you want to go to new albany johnstown from here it's about 50 minutes you can see where we're heading you you might really like that and we may maybe we'll do a caravan here one of these times we'll just say we're going to head that way and and uh and services at six it gets over you know about 7 30 ish or so but you can see like oh wow this is really dynamic this is really cool Anyway, so I went there, and I had a guy come up to me, and he said, hey, PB, I've been waiting on you to come. I'm like, really? He said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I was talking to a couple friends over here. <laughs> and I said, hey, let me, let me finish with them, and I'll come and talk to you. He said, you're going to want to talk to me first. I said, okay. So I turned to the two guys. I said, listen, I'll be right back. I want to go see what he wants. So I walk over there. Now, this, is, this happened years ago. So I'm just sharing this because I don't know what happens to you. This happened to me, all right? So this happened years ago. And this particular gentleman, he is one of their worship leaders. And he's, he's phenomenal. He's a great worship leader. He bought me. You don't, most of you don't know this. I, well, I can't say that I really play the guitar. I do. But I haven't played for years. I taught Mallory how to play the guitar. Well, I gave her the first several chords. And then she plays sometimes up here. Um, anyway, he bought me a red Ovation entry-level guitar. And Ovation has just got the plastic round bowl on the back. I liked Ovation because I was the guy that did Carmen, and Carmen had a black Ovation, so I wanted a black, you know, so it was all that. Wanted to be, ooh, I'm, and we had Carmen here. How many were here when we had Carmen here? That was awesome. So anyway, my mindset, and I'm going back to that. I, I love that guitar. It was a beautiful guitar. He came up to me years ago and said, 
hey, how's that guitar? And I said, man, that thing played really well. And I didn't tell him because I sold it. Because we like to eat. Because we didn't have any money. My thinker was a stinker. And so we didn't have anything. And it was one of those, I sell the guitar. So I didn't really tell him. That was back years ago. And, uh, and then finally he said, you're dancing around something, PB. Why don't you just tell me? So I told him, I said, listen, I don't, I don't mean this bad. This is what happened. And he's like, I get it. He said, I'm glad God used that so it could meet a need. And we were just like, okay. And we were done. We didn't talk about it ever again. So he comes up to me last night, and this is years later, pulls me over, and he says, hey. And he points down, and down on the, the seats is a hard case or hard shell for an Ovation guitar. And he said, I got something for you. I looked at him like, what? He said, this is what the Lord told me to tell you. He said, this is overflow. This is your beyond what you could ask or think. And it's this beautiful Ovation Balladeer guitar. It's an $800 guitar. He said, it came into the church. Somebody sewed it into the ministry. And I believe we were supposed to give it to you. So I asked, he asked his headship. And they said, yeah, by all means, give it. It's in my office right now. Why am I telling you that? Because my thinking has changed. I forgot about the guitar, but God didn't. God is trying to show me something. You don't think like that anymore. I want to take you to somewhere that you're going to think better. Let go and say, God, I just need you the way that you want. He wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. He can bless you more than you can be blessed. I mean, he's just phenomenal. But see, what we do, we stay in the secure, don't we? We stay, we stay even when the ship's going down. Remember last year, we t or last year, last week, we talked about the disciples. Sometimes we know why they were disciples. Because you're like, are you not getting it? But the boat is going down. It's sinking. And only one of them gets out and walks on the water. The rest are going to stay in the sinking ship. And we, we will go with something secure, even if it's pulling us down. But my friends, today we have to trust God. Today we have to get out of the boat. Because we're, you know what we're afraid of? I've done the same thing. Failing. I don't want to do it I don't want to screw up. You know, we, I don't want to take my shoe off because if the other shoe will, just wait till the other shoe drops. If I don't do anything, no shoe will drop. But your life will not be lived. It'll just exist. We have the fear of failure. Anybody that's ever done anything for God has had to face that. Thomas Edison once said he had, you know, he had failed hundreds of times trying to create the light bulb. And they said, you're a failure. And he said, I didn't fail. I just found out what didn't work until I found out what did. You see, perspective, how you look at what God is doing. You can say, well, I messed this up. Maybe you did. But thank God. Come on. Thank God he can pick you up and dust you off and get your mind thinking what needs to be thought. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I think the greatest failure is not to try. 
Most of us, at one time or another, shoot at nothing. We hit it all the time. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You know, I found when I was playing sports, you know what the coach liked? He liked the guy that said, I'll go. Because I used to be, when I first started, I figured out it didn't work. Coach, we'd, we'd do something, and he'd say, take a lap. Or I need somebody to go first. We're going to do this drill in football. We're doing this. And everybody just stands around like, don't pick me. I don't want to be first. I don't want to be first. I'd be like, I'll do it. And I would set the pace. And then if, if somebody was doing it, I thought, better than me, I'd be like, Coach, can I do it again? You know what? He'd see hunger. He'd see something in my brain that said, I'm not going to settle for just status quo. Are you tired of average? I think God looks on things differently than men does. Sometimes we do a lot and we, we've, how many have prayed and prayed and prayed and you haven't seen the results yet? And some people say, well, they, they failed. It just didn't come to pass. I don't think so. If you're doing what God is telling you to do, aren't you glad somebody sowed? You might have watered it. Somebody paved the way before you got there. But at least you put some faith activating towards what he has told you to do. He doesn't want you to live by fear. He wants you to live by faith. I've trained all my kids how to drive. Faith. <laughs> Taught Mallory how to drive. And I was friends with the DJ of, of 104 The River at the time. And he was doing where you could call in. So I called in. We were on live on the radio. He said, hey, BB. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm driving with my daughter. He, he started laughing. He goes, are you doing that, that mom and dad passenger brake thing? You know, where you're, always on, you're on the passenger acting like you're hitting the brake. I said, I don't know. I can't see my feet. The airbag went off. <laughs> this guy had to go to commercial. He was laughing so hard. I don't think Mal thought it was real funny, but I thought it was real funny. <laughs> but let me go into something else. I also taught my kids how to ride their bike. And, and, and they had the training wheels at first. And Mallory, she is a go-getter. So she was like, Daddy, I want to ride the bike. So we lived in a parsonage. And we had a, a good-sized yard. And then there was this uh, big blacktop you know, parking lot. And I thought, well, I'll get her started. And I'll get her in the grass. Because this is my thinking. If she wipes out, grass is much nicer than blacktop. You know? And so we, we get going. And... She'd say, Daddy, and I at first had the hand on the handlebars and one on the seat. And we'd run, and I'd say, pedal. And she'd just not pedal. Mal, you got to pedal. Then she'd pedal. Then we'd try to take my hands off the handlebars. Now, pedal, steer it, steer it. Pretty soon, you know, we'd do this. And, Daddy, you still hold it? Yeah, I'm still, I got it. And then after a while, we just let her go. And I remember she pedaled, and I was counting them. One, two, three, four. Wipe out. And I looked over and I'm like, oh, because that was like my little baby girl. She rolls over and goes, yeah. I'm like, yes, you did it. Now, my point is this. She tried the whole time and she succeeded. It was just, I mean, then it was just 
You know, she four or five times, then it was 10, 12, and then pretty soon she was just gone. Do you think God, when you try and fail, he does like if I would have said to Mal, you idiot, what did I tell you? You can't do any. Is that what we do? No. we like, oh, baby, you almost got it. You got, I bet this time you're going to get it. And so we coach her along the way. I think God does that with us. I think sometimes we, just the fact that we're trying, he's like, you got this. You got this. And you might not succeed that first time, but he's like, I'm still here. You got this. Just because the enemy maybe has tried to stop you. What's new about that? As soon as you go after the word of God, he's going to try to stop you. I mean, just tell him, no, I'm going to do this. God does not want you to live by fear. He wants you to live by faith. We'll tell our kids when we coach them, great try. Man, you're doing great. And eventually they learn. You know, Jesus prayed for Peter. The devil wants to sift you. But I'm praying for you. I would have loved to have seen the conversation. Of course, in the Bible, you know, I don't know. You don't have all the infraction of the voice and the ups and, you know. Would he have put his hand on his shoulder and said, Pete, you're going to get through this. I'm going to pray for you. I mean, I don't know how he would have said it other than what we read in the word. I mean, I, I really don't think Jesus would have been hither yon, Peter, thou goest come fire. Oh, yeah, I think he would have probably they understood, you know. You might say, well, that prayer that Jesus said he prayed didn't work. Oh, yes, it did. Maybe you didn't see instant results. But if you follow Peter's life. It sure worked. It sure worked. Come on, somebody. Failure happens. You know when that happens? When you quit. When you quit, when you just say, okay, I'm done. Failure happens. The world's mindset is based on worldly security. No risk. You have to see it to believe it. The church world is different. We have to believe it, then we, we already see it, so we believe it. But we believe it, and then we see it come. Church has been a risk for me. It might not be a risk for you, but I signed for this building, Kim and I. Ohio Edison, Columbia Gas, Aqua, Spectrum. They don't follow the Bible the way we do. They don't ask for, just give us a tenth. <laughs> so, you know, what, what am I saying? I'm just saying I put everything on the line because that's what he told me to do. But I have to change my mindset. Because if it's his will, it's his bill. That sounds almost like haughtiness. I don't mean it that way. I mean, if he's saying do it, he'll provide for it. If he guides you, he'll provide. He has sustained me. He'll continue to sustain me. I don't take any credit for it. I give all of that to Jesus. People will look and say, man, how did that happen? Jesus, what happened? God, Jesus, how'd that happen? How'd that appear? I prayed, Jesus. I know what he wants to do here. He's told me. 
And I've been moving in that direction. But I believe I've held him back because I still have my sense of security and small thinking. There's things we wanted to do in this building, things we wanted. My wife is a major, major gifted decorator. People will come into our house or wherever we've been and they're like, oh, she has a gift. Tell me about it. I don't have to, I mean, matter of fact, Justin is a realtor. So there's a plug for Justin. You need wherever Justin, he's back there. You need to sell your house or buy a house, go see him. He will find it, get it, whatever. But because she's so gifted, some of that's rubbed off on her daughter, by the way. He wants to hire her just to go into places so she can stage them. Just because she makes it look good. That's a gift. What I'm saying is she's wanted to do stuff in this building. But I've not let her. Because, oh, honey, we, we got to pay for this. I gotta, we got to pay this. Now, there's wisdom in some of that. I get that. But there's also fear that needs to be broken. I'm just telling you my own story. But I will no longer move at a snail's pace. I will see this in my lifetime. I'm believing that this next year we will have to go to two services. And I'm believing before the year's over, we may have to go to three. We will see farther, go farther, move the stakes and expect. We will see God's glory fill this place. This will be a spot that continues to grow and show the glory of God. I'm not going to be afraid to speak vision. Life is in your mouth. I'm not going to be hung by the tongue. I'm going to speak the good things that God tells me. But you know success or failure is tied to your mouth. I'm going to speak life to it. I'm going to say where I'm heading. And I get it. If you're like, I don't want to head there. Okay. I'm still going. I'm going to head where the Lord tells me. Habakkuk 2, 2 says the Lord answered and said, write the vision, make it plain. He may run who reads it. You know this, I've taught you this, faith is voice activated. So here's step one. Before you speak out what God has called you to do, you got to answer that question. What's he called you to do? You must know what he wants you to do. If you know what he wants you to do, how are you going to do it? How are you going to put your hand to it? Step two would be just to speak it. Start saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I timed this on purpose. Look at that. I even turned that off because I don't have any more. Because <laughs> you know what he wants to do? He wants to heal some people today. And I believe he wants to because that's in his word. How many knows that's in his word? If you walk in that, you believe that. You can start seeing things happen. You've heard some of my stories. You've heard how the Lord has used me that way. You've heard different things. We have seen some things. I sat or I stood in front of a congregation and a guy about the size of the Gibster. Big bear. God was saving students. It's just, I don't know, it was just like a revival of I mean, kids that were 
high school just started showing up and he started saying, remember I told you about the girl named Scooter? She had her foot turned in. She was on a, she came to church like this. Called her Scooter. Her mother was a witch. Was an active witch. And she didn't want her to go to church. And she wanted to go to church. She came. She folded her Scooter up and they helped her up front. I watched her fall over under the power of God and her leg snap. I didn't even touch it, just and everybody heard it pop. She got up and she just walked out of church. She went back to school and her name was Scooter because so all these students started showing up. Big, big guy like Gibby comes up, football player, linebacker, lineman, something. And this is what he does. He gets out of the, and he's been set up by his buddies. There are a bunch of jocks in there. And he gets out of the chair and he comes down and he stands. So like if Gibby, I'm not asking you to get up, just so you know. But, you know, he stood in front of me. I mean, this guy's like dwarfing me. And he crossed his arms and this way said, I ain't going down. I said, Okay. He said, you ain't pushing me. I said, I didn't push anybody. I'm not going to push you either. I don't care if you go down. Don't care at all. Because you see, healing is not in the falling. The falling is just, you know, if the, if the glory is too much and your body says, I can't handle that, it does that. That's all that is. Not anything to be afraid of. So I said, I won't push you. You don't have to go down. God can heal you standing right there. He said, I forget what he even said was wrong with him. He said, I don't believe that. I said, all right. Well, I'm going to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Is that okay if I put my hand on your head? I won't push you. Yeah. Looks back at his friends and they're all like. So I just start praying for him. I'm not saying anything other than, Father, I thank you for this young man. I think you've got a plan for his life. This guy, big, he's standing like this. He starts going. And you can hear this murmur going through these guys in the back. You're going, oh, I can't remember what the kid's name was. What's he doing? He puts his hands down. He starts doing that. And he looked at me in this way. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm not doing anything. Took my hand away from his head. Just kept it right there. He piled up like a deer just went on the ground and all those guys there man they're like over their chairs like looking at him and they look at me i said you guys want to be next or some of them are like oh you killed him but a couple of them trickled out prayed for them they gave their hearts to jesus a couple more a couple more brett what do you mean you got to get out of the boat See, I'm not responsible for the, that doesn't happen every time. Probably a lot of the times that doesn't happen, honestly. Because it's, it's again, it's the glory of God. It just depends on the receiver. I've People I've prayed for didn't move. I've had people pray for me and I've done this. Like, <laughs> you are not pushing me over. <laughs> Against the wind. I do and I would leave, 
we went to a meeting. Sammy was little. And I said, I am I'm not doing courtesy drops for anybody. I'm not going to fall just because everybody's falling. You ever been to one of those churches? I don't want to do that. So I'm doing courtesy drops for anybody. So we go there. This guy prays for me. And the next thing I know, I'm looking up at the ceiling. I don't remember other than I guess somebody caught me and I'm looking up at the ceiling and Sam turns around to mom and says, they killed daddy. <laughs> and they said, no. And Sammy climbed up on my chest and just laid on me. And it was, to me, it was one of those wonderful moments that I'm just like, I would never replace. Uh, and because I didn't want to go down, but that made it all worth it. Now the story goes on. We left service and I was like, wow, God was just so powerful. We went to a drive through but I'm still messed up. And my, I mean, I was just so much anointing on me, still messed up. And I had the window rolled up. And so you go up to the drive through ladies, can I take your order? And I'm trying to talk through the window. PK's trying to say, honey, the window's up. And I'm like, oh, no. I mean, she's like, what? And Sam looks at Kim and goes, daddy's not good. She finally rolls the window down. And I, took the, I couldn't remember where I was. I couldn't remember. I mean, it was just. It was one of those, I don't know what the anointing, I'm just crazy, but it was awesome because of what he was doing inside me. Did I still have issues? We've all got issues. But let's make God the head of our life. And let him work those things out. That's what he's done with me, and I still got work to do. If you get caught up in what could happen or what would happen if, what if the Lord moved that way? What if he does? But can I say, if you needed a healing and you fell out in the spirit, but you got healed, would you, what would you rather? Keep the pain or take the healing? Kind of, I can tell you, God wants to do something amazing. He's already provided for it, but it's up to us. I pastored in Pickerington. We did a baptism. I was going to baptize just one person. We're about to do a baptism now. And this is what I did. I just said, if you have, and this is why the Lord's bringing this up, if you have something that you haven't been able to get rid of, Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Something that you has plagued you, tormented you. Baptism, water baptism is this. It is an outward sign of an inward change. In other words, it just shows Jesus went into the grave and rose again. That's what baptism is. You go under the water, old self going down, new self coming up. So this is what I said, and this is what the Lord led me to do, and he's leading me to do it again. Whether this happens, I don't know. We'll see. I don't. Just by your action, Lord, I'm, put, I'm burying this thing. I'm putting this under the blood. I'm putting this in the water. I don't want to deal with it anymore. So when you come up, by your faith, new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Now, you have to walk it out. You need to understand that. This isn't magic. 
This is you confirming what God's told you to do. And that way you can tell the devil, I buried that on that Sunday. It's gone because that, that will try to come back. But you have to stand up, say the word of God, speak it, believe it in your heart. Because this is what happens. And then I'm, I'm going to give an altar call and we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to trust you all. We'll do your best in giving today. Will you do that for me? Three of you, great. Those that are online, if, you, if you're like, Lord, just give me the sign that I'm supposed to give this. Here's your sign. Okay. I'm trusting the Lord, taking the lid off. I'm not going by normal, oh, he's going to receive an offering. No, I'm going to trust you when you leave that you'll put something in the basket if that's what the Lord's telling you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just saying we have needs. I'm believing God to meet them. We had people come up that said they were plagued by this and that. We had cigarettes come up. They threw them on the, the altar. Condoms thrown on the altar. Needles thrown on the altar. Pills on the altar. I don't know who put them up there. I didn't look, didn't care. That day, 52 people I baptized 52 and nearly every one that got in the water the water was so anointed I was standing in the water white knuckled I mean just like trying to keep my uh, trying to stand up because I'd have probably been doing the backstroke man just amazing people we were ushers were trying to get them out of the water they would have to go in to get them because they were just people were just like somebody pull them out and they hit the water and the ushers going out. So now I got two people in the water and then another one. And so we're, you know, it's like we're all taking a community bath and it's a hot tub, but that's not what was going on. We're getting them out of the water. So, and then they are out in the spirit and the ushers are just laying them on the ground. We were covering people up with blankets and cloths. It was one of the most amazing times I've ever seen. I look back at I looked back at Kim and she was back in the back of the service. I was just like, can you believe this? And she was just looking at me, smiling, shaking her head. People got free that day. Do you understand how powerful God is? Do you understand just doing what he asks will change your life? Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here today, now we have people that are scheduled to be baptized and that is amazing and that is wonderful and we are honored to do it.